Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seria Chronicles is a Media Chronicles production. Hi, Nikki, and hi to the Chronicles to Fursi. I have literally just shoved on a red lipstick because I can't really be bothered with my makeup. Um... It's been a really exciting but a super busy weekend and I think it's honestly been the best Serie A weekend yet. I mean, obviously this is only the fourth round, but it was super exciting because Juventus were amazing. Yay! Um, Roma were amazing. Yay! Uh, So me and Simon are very happy. But we also had like the most wicked um, Milan derby. Wicked, of course, if you are an Inter fan. Horrible to watch if you are indeed a Milan fan, but um, I'm going to delve all into that. I just want to say before that that I'm sorry if I haven't been that active on social media recently. Um, some of you have written to me, uh, members of the show who have been asking about it. To be honest, you know, I was away on holiday and then when I came back, there was that Rubiales, um, the head of Spanish Federation, um, that whole, obviously him in that interview with Piers Morgan I went to do that show um and you know dealing with trolls who hate you know women (laughs) I think uh, by the sounds of it has just made me just not want to engage for a while on social media but screw them I'm gonna be back and I will be writing um until well until my heart's content um and I just I kind of I'm so done with this Rubiales thing but unfortunately um he made it a story for longer than it needed to be let's talk about more interesting things and let's start it off by talking about the Milan derby and I don't know because I was I'll be honest with you guys this was like such a fantastic game uh largely because Inter was so amazing to watch I mean 
everything that we had assumed for them to, here's the thing right we came into the season we had question marks about it until I remember doing a show with um, James Horncastle for the BBC Euroleagues and we were talking about teams in crisis and he mentioned Inter and I agreed with him wholeheartedly because this is a side where you started to wonder during the transfer market. And it's not just me, I'm talking about inter-loyalists as well, who wondered whether this team had been weakened um, and some of the approaches that they've had in the transfer market, you know, not getting the likes of Skemak on the line, sort of hesitating with what they wanted, then bringing in Arnautovic, um, you know, Lukaku, you understand their stance on that one, but there were just question marks as to whether or not this team seemed to be weakening season you know, every every season. And um, what what would that mean? It was almost like they're just like addressing gaps and just putting plasters over what needed to be done. Um, but there wasn't genuine investment in this growth and this project that we would have. But of course, you know, they were still thought to be the favourites for the season. And they started in an incredible fashion. I mean, the 4-0 defeat of Fiorentina is just... It is everything that Inter are, right? They are so strong and compact and they really are a team that understand their core and have had their core um, and have have done a tremendous job in in further re-emphasizing the best thing that they do have uh, in, in Serie A, which is what they have over all the other clubs, which is this incredible midfield. I did think that they would suffer a little bit more without Marcelo Brozovic, but... I mean, Fratesi, I mean, with Italy scoring the fifth goal, he's having the time of his life. And imagine he's just sitting on the bench. Even when he's introduced, he can do all of that magic on the fifth goal. And the attitude as well, turning around and doing four like that. I mean, to Kroonich, this guy has already become an Interista. Um, But I did look it up. He's a Roma fan. I didn't know he was a Roma fan. Does everyone know that he was a Roma fan? Uh, I know his family are Juve fans. I just didn't know that he was a Roma fan. I should have known that, right? Anyway, so now he's a full-fledged interista, but I, I find it incredible how there were question marks in preseason about their defending. They started last season looking a bit shoddy in defense, but the way that they have started the season seems like it was a team that's that wants to be back in that Champions League final, that felt that they were enough in that Champions League final to have deserved the win. And they've come into the season desperate to show everyone who had doubted their potential that they still are the team to beat in Serie A and perhaps even beyond. So looking forward to their Champions League match um, this this week. But I I found this performance to be obviously, I, I think everyone would agree, it's a very commanding performance. It was a very intelligent performance. There's a part of me that thinks, I not there's a part of me, I think everyone agrees that Milan made it very easy for them and they played right into their hands. I mean, until of nothing more than, you know, go ahead, you go and take up, you know, the possession. We'll defend and we know how to win back the win back the ball and then we'll launch all the vertical attacks and we have the right players to do so because Marcus Turam is looking like a phenomenon at the moment the perfect mix between Edin Dzeko's creativity and, and intelligence um, as well as Romelu Lukaku's you know pace and ability and striking potential and right now he's not playing with any fear he's playing with immense confidence in himself he is being shown that by his coach as well I mean to score in the derby and to score that goal I mean one of my I have a very close my best friend's a Milan fan and um, he uh, he said it was like the world conspired against us I mean there was a deflection there was the most outrageous goal from Marcus Duram and 
that was pretty much it because the rest of it's kind of their fault. <laughs> but I didn't want to go too much into it, but it was the most outrageous goal. And I and I actually, when he did it, I gasped. I was like, oh, like I, it was just a fantastic goal. So Marcus Tram looking like the perfect balance. Um, but I guess that, you know, we know that Inter are really good and I'm, I'm surprised with how good they've been straight away, you know, not even look like they've had any slight issues. But I guess, Nikki, what I've come to talk to you about is actually Milan, because I feel like this is just an... I know it's 5-1, and I know it's humiliating to lose 5-1. But I also think the reaction has been a bit melodramatic, and and I'm kind of like, hold on. Inter are far ahead in their projects. You have a team that has 10 new arrivals over the summer. This is a basically completely different squad, and you want them to overcome the team that's basically the same team from the Champions League final that has Marcus Tram, okay, instead of Edin Dzeko that would have started this match, you know. But other than that, this is kind of exactly the same side, you know. So you're the team that has all the changes and you're going to take a time to find yourself and find your value and find your strengths and understand your limitations. So it's week four. I'm not understanding what people thought when this match happened. Did you, you know, I mean, people are like so astonished at the beating. And I can understand the criticism for purely, for sure, you, he played right into the hands of Inter. For sure, he should have found a way to to work on studying the defence, on making this team not appear as exposed and as humiliated as they were defensively, especially especially with the absence of uh, Fikayo Tomori. But I do also think that I, one thing that I had recognised about, about Milan is that they exceeded our expectations at the start of the season. I think a lot of us expected that they would need time to find their rhythms and to find their strength. And then they hit the ground running and they were starting to watch whether it was against Bologna or obviously defeating Jose Mourinho's Roma. Despite going a man down, Milan have showed us their strengths. But I do need to mention that I said that several times and I think they've exceeded expectations and that we don't know what they're going to do against better op- attacking opposition. And that this is the match that we would judge them on. And a lot of people... Um, let's just say my friends have been very annoyed at purely for wanting to to play into to to take them to take them on when you should be more pragmatic when you when you understand that the opponent is that much better than you so let's not take a psychological hit when we're playing Newcastle and maybe play with more pragmatism rather than trying to dominate and control the game and I, being the conspiracy theorist, because I don't believe Pioli is dumb, I believe him to be one of the best coaches, thinks that this could just be an experiment. And by experiment, I mean, let's go out, let's play our game and see how good we are. And then we can better understand who we are, because this is an entirely new team. Um, I also understand their approach, you know. Is this really wise to to have played the star that you have played, to, to have allowed them the, the wide open spaces to counterattack, to have played with a high line like that, to to concede so many goals when you have Newcastle and a group of death, a death to contest in the Champions League. And that I don't know, Nikki. I, I don't know, but I, I feel like Pioli is somebody who is being overly criticised at the moment. 
I think that he deserves to be criticised. I think he knows exactly what he was doing, frankly speaking. I think that he wanted to see what could happen, how good this midfield is, to then adjust accordingly. Should he not adjust accordingly, I think then we can have this conversation again. But while everyone, but Inzaghi deserves a lot of credit for winning five derbies in a row and that historic feat that he has now managed in 2023. He has built a rocket ship of Inter that for that just doesn't look like right now has any imperfections within it. And that is a remar- remarkable thing to say about a side that we continue to question. So kudos to him. But also worth noticing that Pioli won two back-to-back Serie A derbies in 2022. So it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing or can't win a derby. He can. So let's just give him the space. This is a new team. It's going to take time to find their defensive solidity. And we know into strengths, especially as the season was drawing to an end, was that, was when they recovered their ability at the back, when they understood how to show the necessary design. It's almost it's always much easier to do so in a high-profile match um, into very much looking like the um, the overwhelming favourites to win Serie A. Um, I just... I guess I... I'm... Barella's amazing. Marcus Turam is amazing. I thought that Latar Martinez did such a good job to play for the team, you know, look for the right passes, the the moves to win the penalty. He It was such a commanding, authoritative performance from a mature leader. And I think I really wanted to see that from Martinez. It's like, I don't need to score. I just need to be there for the team. And I think he was outstanding in doing that. Um I think Pioli needs to look about that whole, like, your fullbacks coming into the centre. You you don't need to do this all the time. And if you are and you need another midfielder, then just use another midfielder. So, um, again, I feel like Pioli should be sort of given a, a pass on this one, allowed to adjust this team, this newly formed team with this new management side that he has now. And let's just see what happens and how they perform going forward. Um, but otherwise, great, great game to watch. Um, I'm really scared of Inter. But of course, my team, uh, Juventus, did a, a terrific job as well over Lazio. I had this down as a, as a Lazio win. Um, I didn't think Lazio were that fantastic against Napoli. But for me, I was I was fairly certain they would get that win because I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this Napoli. And I think you all pretty much... Uh, share my concerns but this is not a conversation about them this is a conversation about how I feel about Juventus in general now they had that win against Empoli that I told you for me raised a lot of concerns I know it was a win but I kept thinking to myself this team don't look all that talented hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I was like, is this team good enough? Like, do I trust this side? Are they the right team for a coach like Allegri? Because he likes to work with all the sides, all the players who understand what he's looking to do. Whereas this side is more raw um, and its ability, you know, lots of energy, but not necessarily always going to make the right decisions. Um, and I felt like this game, I still have question marks about, you know, all the players, because I still think when you look at it, how many of them are like world-class talent? And before I used to say there was quite a number of them. Like if I look at the 2015 team or 2017 or 16 or 18, I could name a lot of world-class talent. This time around, less so. And with Paul Pogba now away, I have concerns. And the drama of Bonucci, I mean, I'm telling you, I came into this match thinking for sure this is like a 2-3-0 loss. But I was really surprised. I was surprised by the energy, the mentality, the desire to keep moving forward. The ability of Chiesa in that role as a striker, sticking close to Dusan Vlaovic. I didn't necessarily think all of a sudden all these players look amazing, um, although I'm very happy with the strike partnership. But I do think this was a very well-coached team. So I do think it's kudos to Allegri and his staff. I think the way they were pushing going forward I'm sure everyone really enjoyed that but for me I had some defensive questions and I loved how they were off the ball I thought Meretti in this game was so improved tactically um and that's something I needed to see from him because I have question marks about him I thought that the way they just moved in general the compactness Gatti um I thought Gatti was great through the middle. Of course, there was always going to be an error and they are going to make errors because, like I said, I think this team has a lot to learn. Um, but I think that the potential is there. The energy is there. Um, it was so clear, like, just the movements of, you know, Locatelli would get it. I thought he was outstanding. He was like, I loved it because all the newspapers kept referring to him as the Italian national version of himself because Locatelli is one player for you and one player for the Italian national team and the, and the Italian national team version is just so much better. Um, but, you know, it was like his passes, he wasn't even looking. It was always that perfect out ball to Weston McKenney who was always, for some reason, not marked all the way out there on the right. I'm like, why? You can see that this is always the pass that's, you know, it's always Locatelli with a long diagonal towards McKenney. Like, why is not, why are none of you like registering this for Lazio? And then, you know, that and McKenney doing a tremendous job really in all, in all the goals. Um, so he did a great job. I thought Weir missed a great chance. It should have been five, should have been five for Juve, to be honest with you. There were just so many opportunities, but I loved I loved them. I loved Keza. I loved Vlavic not having to have his back to goal and be able to just look ahead and show us what he can do. 
And so I guess my question is, is I still think Milan should be considered as one of the favourites. I think Juve should be considered one of the favourites, but into R, the overwhelming favourites. But I just want to ask you, Nikki, um, Lecce got a draw. <laughs> I'm still believing Lecce. But do you think Milan are being overly criticised considering it's week four and how many changes have been made? And do you think do you think uh, it's over for Lazio? Like, I don't know, are we seeing? Like, what do we think of this side going forward? And do you think that Juventus can genuinely challenge for the title? Ciao. Hey, Mina. Hey, everyone. I'm sorry, this is just a voice note from me and not a video postcard. Um, I will get back to you in the video postcards soon. I'm just still, I'm, I think I'm most of the way there, but I'm just still getting over this COVID infection. Um, the worst symptoms have passed now. I, I'm no longer as headachey and sore throaty as I was this time last week. But forgive me for doing one more where I don't quite <laughs> just not particularly keen on sticking my sick self on camera um but yes should be back soon I'm definitely feeling on the up from it even though it hasn't been heaps of fun but I tell you what was fun this weekend Mina was Seria ah, same as you I thought this was a, a really entertaining weekend and given we only had what um six games in uh sorry eight games in in Saturday and Sunday because we've still got two more coming up on Monday night as I record this a lot of goals we had what we had um like 13 goals just in those first three games on Saturday then on Sunday we got Frosinone four Sassuolo two Fiorentina three Atlanta two and of course Roma thumping Empoli seven nil um quite a weekend crikey and yes before I get into it quite a week for you as well Mina right very much understand um, everything you're saying about when you're at the middle of a pylon. Same as feeling physically sick when you're in the middle of a pylon, not particularly feeling like sticking yourself um, in front of of a camera. And, uh, you know, kudos to you, first of all, for doing it. Because, yeah, I've, I've been there with internet pylons. I have not done Piers Morgan. And, and frankly, hats off to you for for being brave enough to go and do that. And, and deal with being talked over and, and the general rudeness that goes on, I think, for lots of his guests. But certainly I felt like it was going on when you were on there. I wanted to get in there and shout on your behalf. I wanted to, I only saw it after the, after the event. So not that I would have been able to do it from my TV anyway. But um, yeah, I wanted to get in there and be like, shut up, Piers. Um, but you did hold your own and... Um, and, and ignore the trolls, I want to say, even though I know full well it's sometimes easier said than done. Um, but it's still important that you were there and 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 saying things needed to be said. Um, but on to the things that need to be said about this Serie A weekend. Um, I don't know if I do agree with you on Stefano Pioli for this Inter-Milan game. I almost wish I had you here so I could hammer it out with you and, and disagree but I, I I'm not baby out with the bathwater, right I don't think that we need to say Pioli's terrible and and in the bin with Pioli after losing one game of football but honestly I thought I thought this was a really bad look and it was a really bad look not just because the scoreline and we'll get to the scoreline but it's a really 
terrible look for him. And it's not the first time he's done it. When he comes out after a game, when his team has lost 5-1, you've lost the derby 5-1, right? You haven't just lost 1-0, 2-0 even, 3-1. You've lost 5-1. And you're there in a press conference after the game saying, um, uh, saying about um, in the first four minutes, we were the only ones who touched the ball. The first four minutes? Are you are you on a on a sort of are you trying to wind us up? Like oh well for four minutes we were really on top of them. What about the other eighty six, Stefano? Please, I was honestly like somewhere between laughing and wanting to tear my hair out because if you remember, he did the same thing after the Champions League two 0 defeat, um, in the first leg back in May, where he said oh well for the first seven minutes they never got into our area, right? But in the eighth minute they scored. I, it's like it's like he's talking from a different planet. Oh, it's fine. They didn't get into the area for the first seven minutes. Yes, but they scored in the eighth minute this game. Well, we were really on top of it for four minutes. And then you conceded a goal. And then you conceded four more goals. I, I, I don't know what his thing is with these attempts to justify bad performances. Um, but I find it not helpful. <laughs> like that doesn't make me think better of you and your team. That makes me think, Oh, that's the story you're telling after this. Not, I was disappointed with this. We could have done this better. We were in charge for four minutes. Because the thing is, they they actually had more of the ball in both games, right? In May, they had more of the ball in that 2-0 defeat. Here, they had more of the ball in a 5-1 defeat. And I mean, I if he'd said for 90 minutes, we had more of the ball, my response would be, I still don't care. Because holding the ball doesn't mean a great deal if you're not um, using it effectively. And I don't think losing five derbies in a row is an accident. I think that um, Inzaghi right now has his number. And what's frustrating is that Pioli's not coming up with anything. He's coming up with just this sort of answer of, oh, well, you know, we were good for a few minutes. Oh, well, you know, we, we had the ball. Um, and I, I thought some of his decisions in this game were really... Um, I don't know if perplexing is the right word because in some ways they weren't actually all that surprising because it's just what he's done before. But they were too predictable and, and they weren't right. Um, you know, we know he likes to play with that high line. We know they like to to press high up the pitch and, and you can do that. But if your way of doing that is to say, as it basically always has been, um, well, we're going to trust our two centre-backs and our defence in general to go man for man up against these players we're up against. Well, I'm sorry, it just it wasn't a good plan for the players you have on the pitch. Tamori is suspended for this game, and I, I'm not sure Tamori's been at his best levels in in more than a season now. But either way, he has speed, he has explosiveness, um, and he's not there for this game because he's suspended. Kalulu's your next quickest defender. He's or next quickest centre back. He's also not there for this game. So now you're putting Simon Kiar, who has been a very good defender at times, but is 34 years old. You're putting him into a, a one-on-one conversation with Lautaro Martinez, who's one of the best forwards in the world. Um, you're putting Malik Chow in a one-on-one conversation with Marcus Turam. And I mean, we found out how that was going right then in the fourth minute in, you know, as we tipped over out of that four brilliant minutes of, of Pioli ball into Tiao getting 
not just run past, but left sort of sprawling on the floor by Tiram. And it's Tiram's initial ball in. It takes him two attempts, but it's his ball in that leads to the Mkhitaryan goal eventually. And and that pattern didn't change, right? Like Tiram had Chiao's number for the whole game. He was not just... And this is what's exciting on the other side. It's what's exciting for Inter is they've traded out Dzeko, who I thought they absolutely would not be able to adequately replace because Dzeko was such a connector in the team. He was such a winner of the ball. He could make those, um, win win the, the high balls forward and and make those flick-offs that brought everyone else into play. And I thought that's a really hard role to cre- to recreate because it really relies on, on his... Um, now, so on like his sort of knowledge of the game and and instincts for where people are, and the fact that he's been playing for so long at such a high level, and Turam doesn't do exactly the same thing, but but what he has shown he can do through four games to me is he can win those high balls in the same way. He can get up and 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 be the aerial force that you want him to be because he's big and strong. But actually, what he has then that Jeko didn't have, and what Lukaku also didn't have, is this explosive speed. So he was not only able to be physical in that matchup, but also to be um, faster than Chow. And and it was a really bad recipe for me from from the get-go. And I, and I can't believe Pioli isn't learning this lesson because really this is the same Milan structurally that we keep seeing in these derbies and more or less similar things keep happening because he's, he's putting those centre-backs into one-on-ones and even before Turan was there, it wasn't working for him. I don't see it working with this personnel. And and then your answer going forward with all of this possession that you have is ultimately no different. Now, maybe this is no longer Pioli's problem. Maybe this uh, is, is where we start to see limitations of some players who have been very excited about in the first few games. Maybe it's where we say, OK, it's not about how good those players are, but just about how long it takes to integrate and, and get up to speed. But I think that after three games, what excited me about this Milan team was, okay, they're no longer one-dimensional, right? It's no longer just about get the ball to lay out because you've got Pulisic on the other side. You've got Loftus-Cheek who can make those bursts and accelerations from midfield. You've got Reinders who can play those balls over the top so effectively. Um, none of that, none of that came to bear in this game at all. Pulisic, um, definitely his most anonymous game for Milan so far, gets replaced by Chukwese in the second half doesn't really change much in terms of impact. Loftus-Cheek didn't see any of that acceleration, uh, didn't see any of that impact on the game, just thoroughly um, outmaneuvered by that inter midfield. Same for Reinders. And in the end, the one goal that Milan do score, it's it's just exactly the old recipe, right? It's uh, Teo Hernandez on the left, feeds the ball to Giroud. Giroud finds a bit of space and plays that ball um, behind the defence to unlock it for Leal. So the one goal that happens is still nothing new. It's still just, can we beat Inter with this formula that we've been failing to beat them with five times in a row? I I thought it was all pretty disappointing um, from from Milan because even that one goal you get relies on um, Giroud finding that space from Acerbi, which in general, he hasn't found in this matchup. Yes, Giroud is a, a World Cup winner who's been um, brilliant in his um, in his life, um, but he uh, and, and he found that moment. Um, but in general, um, he hasn't found those those moments consistently. 
um, for for Milan against Inter, and it, it's not a, a recipe I'd rely on. So disappointing purely personally. Blown away by Marcus Tiram, who is sensational and brilliant, and and what a signing! Frankly, I think he's dovetailing so well with Martinez because they're both happy as number nines, but then they both do different things on the margins of that almost or, or around that number nine bit. So they can both hold that ground in the middle when they want to. I think on the margins is the wrong way to express that, but I guess accompanying that number nine role, they both can hold that number nine role in the middle and, and be that classic um, play on the shoulders of defenders when they want to. But when they vary things up, they do it differently. So Martinez comes deep and looks for the ball around midfield and likes to get on the ball and dribble with it and build up a head of steam, which he does so effectively. Where Turam goes to the wings, of course, because that's where he played a lot uh, at Mönchengladbach when he was in Germany. So you see him drifting left and right. And again, that first goal is just such an example when he just steamrolls Chow to get down the sideline and, and find that room to cut back. He's brilliant. Um, I think what's really standing out to me about this Inter team early in this season is my big concern for them after some of the summer departures was, is the depth still going to be there? Of course, you've lost so many players um, just this last summer, even more if you go back to the beginning of Inzaghi's tenure when you're talking about Hakimi going and and Lukaku, even though he came back and left again, or, or Perisic. But just this last summer, we could talk about uh, Skriniar's going, Brozovic is going, Lukaku is going, Dzeko is going, Gerson's is going. Even some of those who aren't starters were important in, in having depth and, and going so far. Well, the depth so far this season looks pretty good. Fratesi is not starting because he really would have to go into one of those roles or most naturally would go into one of those roles, either filled by Mkhitaryan, who was brilliant here again, scored two goals, got an assist, or Barella. I, I think he needs to get games, Fratesi, and I think both of those players can be rotated over time. But right now, that's what you're asking is, can you put him in ahead of those two? But still, comes off the bench, scores, loves every second of it. Um, Carlos Augusto I thought was good off the bench as well Arnautovic showed he can manage situations off the bench um, even Aslani coming off the bench they've got these players coming off the bench who are doing a job and and it really has you know especially when you think there's players who haven't even come into this yet Alexis Sanchez has come back but also Benjamin Pavard we haven't seen at all yet their 30 million euro signing who presumably will, will, will have things to contribute as well the depth is impressive the managing of big games is impressive. Everything about Inter this season so far, very, very impressive. To me, the only question about them right now is consistency. Remember this team uh, lost 12 games in Serie A last season. It wasn't always about the big games. It was about the other games. So we're still in round four. And that's the question now is, are you going to have any of those pads in Inter moments? Um Juventus certainly do um, to get onto someone else at last minute I'm sorry I've talked so much about this game certainly do look like a, a potential contender um, they have to be they're the only other unbeaten team left I think they're playing some really good football I think watching this game my main, my brain just couldn't stop going back to my god they were so close to getting rid of Vlahovic um, in that Lukaku swap and how crazy would that look now because he started the season so well Worth reminding ourselves he started last season well as well and it, it didn't continue all the way through. But I just, I want to see this energy from Juventus every game. I want to see them play at this tempo. I want to see them take chances, which they did against Lazio. It wasn't all one way. There was some vulnerability. But lean into that attacking partnership of Lavic and Kiers that seems to be working so well. And the player I wanted to ask you about, Mina, because I realise I'm already running long on time, 
is Weston McKinney adapted to play at right wing back. He had a hand in all three goals. And is this the rebirth of McKinney after sort of being the the, the, the player who wasn't wanted and 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 gets sort of farmed out to, to Leeds and doesn't have a brilliant, particularly brilliant time there either and comes back. Have we finally found the home for Weston McKenney doing the what used to be the Juan Cuadrado role? Maybe he's actually found his place at right wing back and he's going to be happier there than he was in midfield. I'm really interested by that development because I thought he was, to me, outside of the front two who obviously especially Vlavic, brilliant. He was the standout in this game. So love to hear what you think about Weston McKinney and, and how he's developing. Um, obviously, great result for Roma. Um, needs more talking about. They win 7-0. Lukaku scores in that game. I think it was a game that really wasn't about Lukaku, but of course it's all about Lukaku. Once he scores, it's his first start for Roma. They hadn't won a game yet this season. They win 7-0 with him in the lineup. Really, to me, this game was about Paolo Dybala um, being brilliant again. Um, I thought Cristante was, was was fantastic in this game as well, but has to be encouraging for for Jose and um, and and his team to have not just Lukaku up and running and, and integrated, but also Renato Sanchez got got a goal in this game on his first start for the team. So that feels like a former PSG midfield with Renato Sanchez and, and Paredes in the middle uh, alongside Cristante starting to show some signs of coming together and and some classic Josie at the end where he was saying uh, Inter should feel happy for for their old boss Jose who's got Lukaku and he really needed him um, I don't know how much to take from this game because Empoli looked terrible and you've been saying the same thing since earlier this season Mina worried about Empoli 12 goals conceded zero scored in their first four games I think they might be a bit of a punching bag this season Um Unlike some of the other teams who came in and are surprising us, like Lecce, you mentioned eight points from four games. Frosinone coming from uh, from 2-0 down to win 4-2 against Sassuolo. That game was bonkers. They hit the post twice in the last five minutes. And then there was a brilliant save um, at the other end uh, by Turati. A wonderful, wonderful save, crawling the ball out from underneath the, 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 the crossbar bonkers game of football very entertaining on uh, Sunday not the only one because Fiorentina 3-2 against Atalanta was really end-to-end and chaotic as well the team I wanted to ask you about Mina Napoli two all draw away to Genoa things have not started brilliantly under Rudy Garcia they've got seven points from four games there was this little scene as Karatskelia went off um, they did come from 2-0 down by the way and, and Genoa have started quite well this season but um there was a scene, 88th minute, when Karatskele comes off, the scores to all, and you can see Karatskele is not impressed with it at all. Um, uh, comes off for Alessio Zerbin. And um, I I just want to ask you, Mina, we talk about Rudy Garcia, and and, and I think we will be talking about Rudy Garcia plenty, and, and, and rightly so. But how are you feeling about Karatskele right now? Because he was City as MVP last season, but he hasn't scored a goal since the 19th of March. And if you look at Napoli's results last season, even before, so before Rudy Garcia comes in, still under Luciano Spalletti, their last 13 goals, of last 13 games, sorry, of last season, which is the 13 after Karatskele's last goal, they only scored 14 times as a team. So this is a team that finished not just top of Serie A, but top scorers, 77 goals in total. Only 
14 goals in the last 13 goals across the only 14 goals in the last 13 games across all competitions. Um, so when Carrera's, Gellia's goals dropped off, so did the team's goals. How worried are you about that dynamic? And how much do you think Kvara, Kvara Donna, as he was last season, has just been found out? Is this just a player who his style is so different that it surprised Serie A teams last season? Not just Serie A teams, by the way, surprised teams in the Champions League as well. But once teams adjusted, started doubling up on him, is that it? Is this now a player who's been found out and and we're not going to see him be nearly as impactful again? Or is this a case where he can be unlocked again, but something needs to change? Um, I'm really curious to know what you think about that um, and how much of it you think is just the Rudy Garcia thing and how much comes in down to last season's MVP. Podcast Network.